on you, 20 pounds. I was like, I can't breathe. Thank you very much. Jump up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <sighs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are so glad that you have joined us today to worship the Lord. And I will say it again it's a good day to praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It is a good day to praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's get to your feet. Let's praise the Lord together.
done great things for you. Would you say amen? Amen. That means so be it. And I'll tell you what, God is a great God all the time. Now, I want you to greet people next to you, however you're comfortable. Elbow bump, fist bump, holy kiss, whatever's comfortable. Thank you, and please find a seat. <clears throat> Good to have you in the Lord's house today. We're so thankful to be able to meet in First Baptist Church here. If you're tuning in by way of Facebook or YouTube, either one, thank you so much for doing so. We hope you get a blessing out of watching and listening today. Come see us here at 445C Avenue at your earliest convenience. We'd love to have you. Today, going to be studying two names of God in the Old Testament. Uh, one of them is Jehovah Eloheka. Uh, and the other one is Jehovah Elohe, and they're very closely related. We'll let you know why in just a little bit. And then also it's Baptism Sunday, so I think we have three people that are going to be baptized for sure. And if you want to get baptized, you say, I didn't bring a change of clothes. If you want to go home wet, we can take care of you anyhow. <laughs> Otherwise, let us know. We'll have another baptismal service as soon as we have another candidate to be baptized. Check out our bulletin for Bible studies Monday night, tomorrow night, Leadership team meeting, 6 p.m. here at the church. We've got some important business to take care of. Next Sunday, we have a special guest speaker. Next Sunday, he's right there. Terry Miller is going to be preaching. <clears throat> so I'm going to be playing guitar. <laughs> Not really. And I, I know three chords, but I don't always know when to insert the right chords. So, uh, but uh, he will be speaking and uh, looking forward to that. The marriage conference coming up 27th. If you have any questions, see the farmers about that. They'll be glad to sign you up. There's still time for that. But uh, I think we're past time to be able to get all of the uh, material that you're going to need. So uh, talk to Michelle and David about that. And then also, if you've got a gift for teaching boys and girls the Word of God, we could sure use you. We could put you to work right away in our Sunday school class with some of the kids to where you wouldn't miss every single Sunday, maybe once a month, maybe twice a month, something like that. So if you're interested in that, take one of your connection cards, put, put down your information and how we can contact you and say you're interested in teaching or being a helper in a class. Now, if you're a first-time guest, that's what this card is also for. Uh, to fill it out so we have a record of your visit. If you have a prayer request, put it back here. If you have questions about the church, you can indicate that. We're just so thankful to have everybody here, visitors as well as people that come every single week. Let me share with you um, our uh, bulletin article this week, Religion or Relationship? I wonder if you've ever been asked the question, what religion are you? If you have, you may have answered, I'm Christian. Or you may have said more specifically, I am a Baptist. Uh, I was riding, doing a ride along with one of the uh, Coronado police the other day, and it's the first time I've ridden with him, and he said, so what kind of chaplain are you? I said, I'm a really old chaplain. <laughs> he said, yeah, I mean like your religion. I, it's like, I know you're old, so I just want to know what your religion is. 
I understand why you might have responded that way. I'm a Christian or I'm a Baptist, but I'm much more inclined these days to respond with, I don't have a religion, I have a relationship. Religion is the belief in and worship of a superhuman power or powers, especially a God or gods with a small g. Often, uh, a lot of religion is man-made. Christianity, however, is a God-made relationship. It's being born into a family. It is not only God becoming our father, but it's Jesus becoming our brother and our savior. And it's about the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And that's about as, about as personal as you can get. A person can be religious, baptized, church member, a tither, and still die and wind up in hell. That is because religion is not the answer. Relationship is the answer. Trust Jesus today. Receive him as your personal savior. Become the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you will be eternally glad that you did. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for a relationship with an eternal God who loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die for us that we could have eternal life. We pray your blessings upon the songs as we continue to worship you, upon the lesson to the children. That might be something they'll remember forever. And then upon the message, Father, may it be God-breathed. May you make the words live in our hearts and minds, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand as we continue to worship the Lord. Then, when you're seated next, I'm going to ask you to leave seats on the aisle so that we have seating for those that are still coming in. Let's continue to worship the Lord together.
know through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that he doesn't want us to be ignorant concerning them that have fallen asleep. There will be a resurrection for the saved, uh, and that's going to be a glorious day. And if we're alive when that happens, we're all going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Now, someone said they measured the twinkling of an eye, and it was some kind of a nanosecond, whatever in the world that is. Huh? Tico. I know a dog named Tico. Is that... Is that the, that's the what's called? Okay, in the twinkling of an eye, but we'll be caught up together. Now, if you're not saved and the rapture takes place and all of a sudden people all around you are gone, uh, I don't know. I, I, I would pray really quick and ask the Lord to be my Savior. Thank you so much, praise team, for leading us in worship today. Thank you very much. <clears throat> boys and girls, come on down to the front. All the boys and girls, just before you go to your class, and while you're coming, uh, boys and girls, you have an opportunity to be part of an incredible program called Awana. And there's a table, a registration table just outside uh, of the church. And be sure to get your mom and dad to register you uh, this coming uh, after the end of the service so that when you start Awana, you'll be able to be able to go uh, Wednesday, October the 17th at 6.30 p.m. at the Graham Memorial Presbyterian Church front lawn. So go ahead. Huh? August. What did I say? October. Yeah. Close, uh, you know. <clears throat> All right, so be sure to sign up back there. Y yes, Sally. Huh? Oh, gonna get baptized? Yeah, well, that's good. That's what we're gonna do that in a little bit. But first of all, boys and girls, how many of you live in a house or an apartment or a condominium? I you live in a house? How many live in a house or a condominium or an apartment or something? Let me see your hand. How many of you, does it belong to you? Do you own it? Did you buy it? Maybe your mom and dad bought it, or maybe they're renting it and somebody owns it. Yes, ma'am. Your mom, your mom's house. Okay, all right. And you know what? It might be your parents. And and I know I grew up when I was your age. I lived with my mom and dad, and I was in the house, and they provided that house. So I was asking you if that was your house. Obviously, it's not. It's your mom and dad's, and they're the ones who signed the lease, or they're the ones who bought it. But why would I ask such a silly question? Now, here's why. Because right now, maybe your mom and dad believe in God and believe in Jesus as their personal Savior. And maybe you believe in him because they believe in him. One day, when you grow up, and when you marry some good-looking girl... He's not real crazy. But. And when some of you girls marry some good-looking guy, and everybody's making faces up here right now. When that happens, then maybe you'll rent a house. Maybe you'll buy a house or something. It will be yours. And one day, you need to trust Jesus as your personal Savior, not just a Savior, not just the Savior your mom and dad believe in and trust in, but it becomes your personal Savior. And then the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So then their God becomes your God and their Savior becomes your Savior. So if, there, if we can help you with that, if your teachers can help you with that, if your mom and dad can help you with that, ask questions and get it taken care of so that Jesus is your personal Savior no matter what. Let's pray, boys and girls. Father, I pray for each one of these young ladies and young men. I pray, God, that very, very soon for those maybe who uh, some maybe already have made Jesus their own personal Savior, but I pray for everyone up here that they would make you 
as their personal Lord and Savior if they haven't done so already. And God, everyone listening in the auditorium, I pray that this would be a day of salvation for them. I pray this would be a day of rejoicing in heaven because of souls coming to know Christ. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all the boys and girls said, amen. All right, you can go ahead and go to your classes, boys and girls. Good, good to have you here today. Good to see you today. And turn to Deuteronomy chapter 2, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all right? Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. That's what it means. That's what the book Deuteronomy and the name Deuteronomy means. Now, we're going to talk about Jehovah Eloheka and Jehovah Elohe. And these, we're just about to the end of the study of Hebrew names, uh, of the uh, names of God in the Old Testament. The next series that I'm going to be talking about still has to do with the titles of God and the title of Father, Holy Father, Heavenly Father, uh, God the Father. I mean, there's all kind of things about the Father that are important for us to understand. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to study that, Lord willing, coming up. But today we'll study two names. Uh, the first one, Jehovah Eloheka, means the Lord your God, or in the King James, the Lord thy God. And the other one, Jehovah Elohe, the Lord my God. And there's a subtle difference here, obviously. So uh, Jehovah Eloheka means Almighty God, who is your or thy God. Uh, it's a close kindred of the name. You might remember that we studied uh, Jehovah Elo Elokinu, Elohinu, rather, which we studied on July the 10th. That meaning was the Lord our God. So, so here, here's what I thought this just impressed me. The Lord our God, the Lord your God, the Lord my God. So it's, it's, first of all, the Lord God, and then it's, I can say with assurance, based on the Word of God, and on this particular name, He's your God, and guess what? He is my God. Today's name appears frequently in the book of Deuteronomy, over 20 times in the 16th chapter alone. Deuteronomy 2.7 says, for the Lord thy God, there's the uh, Jehovah Eloheka, the Lord thy God has blessed you in all the works of, the, of, of His hand. He knows you're walking through the great wilderness these 40 years. The Lord, thy God, there it is a second time, has been with you. You have lacked nothing. God's reminding them when you went through the wilderness for 40 years, when you came out of Egypt and you were in that wilderness where there were no uh, food stores, where there was no place, to, no doctor's offices, where there were no um, ways of, of, of getting the basic necessities of life. God said, I was your God. I was there for you. I was thy God through the wilderness for 40 years. And you know, ladies, you wouldn't like this probably, but their clothes never wore out for 40 years. They wore the same clothes for 40 years. Their shoes didn't wear out. Guys, uh, no more closets just for shoes for the ladies, you know? I mean, one pair of shoes lasted them for 40 years. Can you imagine how much money they saved by not buying shoes? It's amazing. So the Lord thy God is with you, that you lacked nothing, he said. You absolutely lacked nothing. Out in a barren wasteland of a wilderness, you lacked nothing. Now, this name is also often used in the book of Exodus, and it denotes Jehovah's relationship to his people and their responsibility to him. He is your God. You have a responsibility to him. Now, the major difference between Jehovah Elohinu and Je Jehovah Eloheka is that today's name is more personal than the other. He's not just God, our God. He is your God. He is your personal God. Now, the four truths associated with Jehovah Eloheka. First of all, the redemption by the Lord. You are redeemed by his blood and by his power. 
In Exodus 20, verse 2, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He redeemed us. Redemption is by God. Now, redemption, I looked up in the dictionary, is the act of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or the clearing of a debt. How many of you uh, remember SNH green stamps or something like that? We got our first, when we were married in 1969, just before astronauts went to the moon, I think our getting married had something to do with that. I'm not sure about that, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> Pat's grandmother gave us a stack of SNH green stamp books with all the stamps in them, and so we went to the what? Redemption Center. We went to the Redemption Center and got Oneida, the, was it the Lone Rose or the South? The Lasting Rose, not the Lone Rose, that's the Lone Ranger. Uh, the Lasting Rose pattern, we still have uh, that that's stainless steel flatware somewhere in the house. But uh, the redemption, we, we traded these books of stamps and we got some forks, knives, and spoons as a result. Now, for you who are younger and don't have a clue about SNH green stamps or the equivalent, perhaps it's close to what you can do at Freddy's or, um, or Panera or Jersey Mike's when you get points. When you buy stuff, and after you've spent about $1,000, they give you a potato chip, uh, and you get free food by redeeming your points. Now, Israel was not redeemed by stamps. Israel was not redeemed by points, but Israel was redeemed by blood and by the power of God. The innocent had to die to pay the price. The innocent lamb had to be slain, a prophetic sign of the, the lamb of God that was to come. So the innocent had to die in order uh, to, to, to have the, the guilty go free. The first nine plagues did nothing for redeeming Israel. Uh, the plague of blood uh, in Exodus 7. The plague of frogs in Exodus 8. The plague of gnats in Exodus chapter 8. The plague of flies in Exodus chapter 8. Also the, the plague of dead livestock in Exodus 9. The plague of boils appearing on everyone in Exodus chapter 9. The plague of hail. The plague of locusts. The plague of darkness. It's so deep and dark that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. None of those were efficacious. None of them were. But the death of the firstborn, the seventh, the tenth plague, was something that affected a, a change. In Exodus 12, 7 and 8, and they shall take of the blood of the lamb and strike it on the two posts on either side of the door and above the door, post of the house, wherein then you eat the lamb inside. So they were to take this lamb, they were to slay it, collect the blood, put the blood on either side of the doorpost and across the top, and then they were to take the lamb and they were to cook it, roast it, and they were to eat it <clears throat> together inside the house. They were to stay inside the house. And the blood shall be to you for a token where you are. And when I see the blood, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you, destroy you. So the blood was the power of God, showing the power of God. The, the blood was a sign and a symbol of when the innocent is slain for the guilty, then there's atonement made. And so the sins of Israel were covered by uh, this, this innocent lamb that was slain. They weren't, the sins weren't taken away. Because the blood of bulls and goats, and I might add, the blood of sheep cannot take away our sins. The blood of chickens cannot take away our sins. The blood of no animal can take away our sins. Only the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, His Son, 
can take away our sins. But when the death angel went through Egypt, everywhere there was blood applied uh, around the door, the people who were inside were safe. Everywhere where there was no blood applied, there was the death of the firstborn. So there was redemption by blood and by power. Secondly, there's a relationship to the Lord. By redemption, we become redeemed. We become not only his believers, his born again, his, we become his children, is what I'm trying to say. We become a part of the family of Almighty God. Uh, we have this relationship. He's not just a God to us. He is our personal God. The third, and, and by the way, the names of God uh, point out our relationship to him, the fact that we're sons and daughters by this act of redemption. Third thing is the responsibility to the Lord. In Exodus 20, thou shalt bow down uh, thyself, thou shalt not bow down to false gods, nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God. I am thy God. That's the uh, Jehovah Eloheka. I am God, a, a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation to hate me. Now, so they're not to have other gods. We're not to have other gods. We're not to bow down, obviously, to idols. But not all gods are idols, are they? Sometimes our gods are other things because technically it's anything we put between us and God. Anything we put in the place of God. Anything that becomes more important than God in our life. It can be a person. It could be material things. Whatever it is. No one, we're, we're not to have other gods. Secondly, no one is to use his name in vain. And there are a lot of ways you can use the name of God in vain. One of them is by cursing, by using his name in a blasphemous way, uh, by attaching his name to curses that we would put upon people. We're all familiar with what that entails, and that, that's absolutely forbidden in the Word of God. I might add that we need to be careful about euphemisms that are kind of like the name of God, that, that get incorporated in our in our speech, when we are not happy with somebody, we need to be careful about that. But there's a whole other way to use his name in vain. David did it when he impregnated Bathsheba, took another man's wife, and then instead of confessing and making it right, covered it up by arranging for her husband to be murdered. Everyone knew that David was a man after God's own heart. And yet here, he gave the enemies of God, the Bible says, an opportunity to blaspheme. They looked at David, King David, who had it all, had a harem, had wealth untold, had the loyalty of his people, had the respect of nations around. He had everything there was that was important that, we, that I can think of to a king. And yet he defiled himself, defiled another and caused the death of an innocent man. And not only Uriah, but some others died as well. Sin has far-reaching effects. Someone said, it costs more than you thought it was going to cost. It takes you further than you want to go. And it absolutely does. And so don't give the enemies of God an opportunity to point to you. I don't want, my, my, my prayer, uh, and Terry, uh, you pastored for many, many years here and in the area, and my goal is to finish well, to finish strongly, because you can wipe out 50 years of ministry by foolishness and by immorality and by, um, by falling and failing. So help us to finish strong. And one of the things I always remember is that I'm, 
if another man can succumb to some sin, I'm certainly capable of, succumb, of, of succumbing to that sin. Uh, it, it's, I, I told you before, they, they said in Bible college, the three things you have to watch out for, money, women, and pride. And so as far as money is concerned, I, I do not know the safe combination. I know where it is. I'd have to get dynamite to open it up. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know the combination. Don't want to know the combination. Don't have a key. Uh, it takes a key and a combination, evidently. But I, I, don't, I don't know where the checks are. I don't want to touch it. I don't, I don't have anything to do with it. So I, I build this fence and, of protection. I, I know that we have treasurer who takes care of reconciling everything. We have secretary who takes care of paying things, and I just don't mess with that at all. Secondly, uh, with women, I, I, I build fences, and I say, okay, you know what? We're going to counsel them here. Uh, my secretary is going to be here. My door is going to be open. I'm not going to be shutting the doors. Uh, if I go visit someone and their husband's not home, I'm not going in. If you're broke down the side of the road, I'll wave as I drive by. I may let you take my car, but I'm not going to be, you know, I'm just, you know, rare. And, and I told you also we had to make an exception with doing ride-alongs with the police because not all the police are male, obviously. So, uh, but uh, I figure if the female has a gun, everything's going to be okay. So, <clears throat> so, 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 so you get to the point where you say, see, I've got these fences up. I'm not messing with the finances. I'm all right. I got this fence up around where I'm not messing with that. There's the pride. I'm really doing well. No, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We've come short of the glory, every single one of us. And pride has been the ruin of as many people, maybe more people, than has immorality, than has uh, stealing or, or thievery. So, uh, so we, need to, we need to understand that when we do something bad, it reflects not just on us, it reflects on our God. It reflects on our Savior. And I will promise you that when preachers go down in flames, there are ripple effects that are far worse than we could ever imagine. So pray for your preacher. Pray that, uh, that I finish strongly. I don't want to bring any kind of reproach to the name of Christ. I don't want to cause my wife any grief. I don't want to cause my children, grandchildren, any problem. I don't want to cause any embarrassment to you. So no one is to have other gods before them. No one is to use God's name in a vain waste. Fourth thing is reward by the Lord. Obedience brings reward. And one of the Ten Commandments that talks about a reward is honoring our father and our mother. And if we do so, your days may be long in the land of the Lord thy God will give thee. This is a principle that applies. You may know of someone who was a person who loved their parents, who honored them incredibly, and maybe was killed early, prematurely in an accident or in combat or something. Doesn't mean they were some wicked person who didn't love their parents. Doesn't mean that. This is a principle that applies. If we honor our parents, that we're going to be blessed and God will give us length of days. <clears throat> so there's, there are several crowns that you're probably aware of. There are rewards. Just as there are degrees of suffering in hell, and that's a whole other subject, there are degrees of suffering. So there are degrees of reward in heaven. And so there are crowns, for example, 1 Corinthians 9, 25, every person that strives for mastery is temperate in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. This is for the Christian who is victorious in their Christian walk. 
uh, he, he draws a parallel between those who run races for a crown of, of whatever they would weave together that would perish, would dry up and fade and so on. He said, we do it for an incorruptible crown. In 1 Thessalonians 2.19, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? For you are our glory and joy. So Paul's saying, this is the soul winner's crown. This is the person who influences other people for Christ, wins them to Jesus Christ. There's a crown of rejoicing that they will gain. In 1 Peter 5, 2, feed the flock of God of which is among you and taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, <clears throat> but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you will receive a crown of glory that fades not away. And this is often referred to as the pastor's crown. It may not just be pastors, senior pastors. It may be Sunday school teachers. It may be uh, Bible study leaders. It may be those who uh, are practicing feeding the flock of God. Uh, navigator ministry, and there's lots of different ministries. And then in, in James chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the person that endures temptation. When he's tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which, is, uh, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. And this is the, the martyr's crown. The one who goes through this temptation is tried and actually, in some cases, gives up their life. Uh, they'll receive that crown. Then there's, in 2 Timothy 4, 8, the crown of righteousness. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the glorious judge, shall give me in that day, and not to me only, but unto them who love his appearance. This is those who love the second coming of Christ. Now you say, uh, you might think, oh man, we, we, we went all these crowns. We get these five crowns. You only got one head. What are you going to do with five crowns? I'll tell you what the Bible says you're going to do with them. You're going to lay them at the feet of Christ. Because if it weren't for him, we wouldn't even have a little beanie with a propeller on top of it. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> if it weren't for Christ, uh, we wouldn't have any, uh, uh, any crowns, any rewards whatsoever because we are sinners saved by the grace of Almighty God. And so everything that we get in the way of reward, we lay at the feet of our Savior because he's the one to make it possible. Now, the second name here, uh, not only Jehovah uh, Eloheka, but Jehovah Elohe. And this one means the Lord my God. The Lord, my God. The former, the Lord, your God. I was talking about him, your God. Now I'm talking about my God. There is a kindred word for the first name uh, that we studied today. And so there is, for this one also, there's uh, Adon or Adonai, indicating a personal name at the same time, divine, divine sovereignty. Judges 6, 15, he said to them, oh, my Lord. And there's the word Adonai. Uh, and implies submission and begging of a superior. Oh, my Lord, my superior, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Here's Gideon saying, Lord, are you sure? I, I can't do this. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I come from a family that's nothing, and, and I, I can't do what you've asked me to do. In Judges 13, 8, then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, there's Adonai again. Let the man of God which thou did sin come again to us and teach us by what we should do unto the child that shall be born. Now, the difference between these two names is that Jehovah Elohe points to the personal pronoun as being expressive of personal faith. So if you want to ask me what my preferred pronouns are, it is Jehovah Elohe, my God. 
He is that's, my, that's, that's the personal pronoun I prefer. He is my God. Zechariah 14, 5 says, You will flee through this valley, for it will reach across to Azael. Yes, you will flee as you did from the earthquake in the days of King Uzziah. Then the Lord my God, and there it is, Jehovah Elohe, will come and all of his holy ones with him. Now, how is the name Jehovah Elohe used? How is this term that's translated into English, the Lord my God, used in Scripture? And, and I'm just going to, there's a bunch of ways. You'll see it's in the outlines. The language of faith, first of all, Psalm 7, 1, I come to you for protection, O Lord my God. Save me from my persecutors, rescue me. You want, you want to be able to approach God? You want to be able to go to him in your time of need? You want to, when you're at the end of yourself, you want someone there that can actually do something and help you and save you out of a situation. It's, it's Jehovah Elohe. It is the Lord, my God, who can save us from our persecutors and save us and rescue us from every situation. It's the language of faith. It's the outlook of faith. Psalm 18, 28, you light a lamp for me. The Lord, my God, Jehovah Elohe, lights up the darkness. God lights up spiritual darkness. God lights up and shows us a way when we don't see a way out and we don't know which way to turn. He lights up our path. It's the outlook of faith. It's the testimony of faith. Oh, my, oh Lord, my God, Jehovah Elohe, I cried to you for help and you restored my health. We talked about this, I think, last week. Any healing at all comes from God. Maybe you used a prescription. Maybe you had surgery. Maybe you had some kind of other treatment, but any healing that comes, comes from Almighty God. And so I cried to him, oh, Lord, my God, for your help, and he restored my health. The worship of faith, Psalm 30, verse 12, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent, oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. That's what worship is, giving thanks and praise to Almighty God, pouring out our, our praise to him. Being thankful to him and grateful to him for all that he does. It's the worship of faith. It's the consecration of faith. Joshua 14, 8. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God, Jehovah Elohe, the Lord my God. I followed him wholeheartedly. Oh, may it be said of us that we follow the Lord wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly, not just a little bit, but wholeheartedly. The stay of faith. Praise him for demonstrating such unfailing love to me by honoring me before the king, his council, and all his mighty nobles. I felt encouraged because the gracious hand of the Lord my God was on me. And where God, my God, has his hand upon me, I can stay as long as he wants me to be there. Whatever situation it is, whatever else I have to endure, I can do, be there and do that as long as he is with me. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me. And I will abide in you. He's the stay of faith. If we wander off from the branches, they said there'll be workmen who'll gather that which is withered and burn them and cast them in the fire and they're gone. Last of all, it's the hope of faith. Zechariah 14, 5. Then the Lord thy God will come and all his holy ones with him. Jehovah Elohe, the Lord my God. We can look upon Jehovah as if he were our own exclusive personal savior, as if Jesus died for Jim Bays, as if Jesus died for you. He is a personal Lord and Savior, my own exclusive possession, but he is not, of course. He is not our own exclusive 
possession. He is our God. That's my personal God. He is your God. That's my personal God. He is my God. That is my personal God. You know, the angels, the angels must look at us with wonder and amazement. To them, he's their creator. To us, he is our personal savior. He's our God and father. He's our, the one who died for us. He's the one who lives within us. Heaven above is softer blue. Earth around is sweeter green. Something lives in every hue. Christless eyes have never seen. Birds with gladder songs o'erflow. Flowers with deeper beauties shine. Since I know, as now I know, I am his and he is mine. Is he yours? Is the God your God? Is my God your God? He can be. Would you bow your head, please? If God, the God of the Bible, Jehovah Elohe, if he is your God, if he is your God, with every head bowed, would you slip your hand up as a, as a testimony? That God is my God today. That God is my God today. Thank you. Put your hands down. If he's not, if you're, or if you're not sure, you can pray right now, something like this. You can pray, dear God, he knows what you're saying in your heart, your mind. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm going to die and stand before you one day. Are you saying that to him? I know I'm going to stand before you. I'm going to die and stand before you one day. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I ask him now to be my savior, to be my Lord, to be my God. Because you said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I call upon your name right now. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise you. But if you just prayed that prayer, you meant it with all your heart. Would you slip your hand up? Hold it up real high. I just prayed that prayer, preacher. I meant it with all my heart. Our Father, we pray your richest blessings upon this service and upon those who are going to be baptized in just a moment. We ask, Father, that you would help us to Revel in the fact that you are our personal God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us right now? I'm going to ask those who are going to be baptized to go ahead and quickly get ready and then come right over here to the side hallway. The invitation is an opportunity for you to come and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's an opportunity for you to come and say, I'd like to be a member of First Baptist Church. It's also an opportunity for you to come and ask for special prayer about some circumstances that may be in your life. Whatever it is that we can do to help, I want you to come. As our praise team sings, would you come right now? We're, we're going to sing maybe, maybe a couple of verses, two or three verses at the most while they get ready to be baptized. If you'd like to be baptized and you're prepared to do so, meet over here as well.
your matchless sacrifice. Take every treasure, take this life. All that I am for all that you are, my Lord. All that I have for all that you are. You're the pearl beyond price, greater than life. All that I am for all that you are. ambition and my pride. I'm giving up, I'm letting die. In these empty hands I have it all, have it all. The pure joy of knowing you, my Lord. All that I am for all that you had several more go back there for baptism. I'm not sure. Go ahead and be seated. All right. I'm going to go check right now. Don't anybody leave. If you leave, I'm going to grab you and baptize you. Selfish ambition and my pride. I'm giving up. I'm letting in these empty hands I have it all, have it all, the pure joy of knowing you, my Lord, all that I am for all that you are, my Lord, all that I have for all that you are, you're the
had an onslaught of people to get baptized in the last minute, so praise the Lord. We're glad for that. <clears throat> Let me just take a minute to say that baptism is a, is a very important thing in the Word of God. It's an ordinance, one of the two church ordinances, the other being that of Holy Communion. But it's more important than that because it's kind of like the uniform that identifies us as a born-again child of God. Uh, the Jews had baptisms, as did many other nations besides Israel. Uh, but when people got saved, when they put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their master, <clears throat> they were required then to be baptized by immersion to show their identification with him. It's a symbol, twofold symbol at least. It's a symbol of the death, and the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. It's also a symbol of the death, burial, and the resurrection of our own nature. We have a, a sinful nature that's dead and buried, and we rise to walk in a new life. So this is Natalia. Natalia, how old are you? Twelve. Twelve years old, and you've been wanting to be baptized for a while. Is that right? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? All right. Because of that profession of faith, it's my privilege to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Amen. All right. All right, now we're going to change baptizers. Ryan, come on in. Get you guys out, Isaiah. Is this next to Tyler here? There it is. Morning, everybody. Morning. All right. So um, um, we're going to do some more baptisms here. And uh, Jim asked me to baptize, or, and some of the guys asked me to baptize them, some of the military guys. So um, I'm going to hand the mic over to Isaiah, and he can just share a little bit of, uh, with, uh, with you of his story and why he's getting baptized today. So, and then we'll turn it back over. Hello, everyone. My name is Isaiah. Um, I'm in the Navy. Uh, I was raised Roman Catholic. Uh, I came home from deployment beginning of this year, and I have to say, like, I feel like I'm officially born again because I would not consider myself the same person I was when I came home from deployment because being a part of a church and committing myself to Jesus was the last thing on my mind. But now uh, I feel like I want to be a true disciple of Christ because the Navy has definitely humbled my life, and I thank the navigators and everyone here for me. And praise the Lord. It's awesome. All right. Yeah. Go ahead and climb in. Yeah, it's it's a it's a team effort in uh, in Christian community to uh, help people come to know who Jesus is and what it means to follow Him and give their lives to Him. And so I know there's. I'm, I'm baptizing Isaiah, but uh, there's so many people that have had so much more impact on his life um, than I have, like Brandon is sitting over here and some others, and, um, and Pastor Jim, of course, and, and many of you. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, just wanted to mention that because um, sometimes it might look like 
Pastor Jim or or myself or someone in full time you know ministry <laughs> are, are doing all the work, but that's just not the the, the reality. So sometimes it. Uh, that's just where we get to, and some people just want us to baptize them. But all, a lot of the groundwork, a lot of the seeds that were planted, a lot of the watering that was done was done by others in the community. So, all right. Who's next? <laughs> All right. Um, you want to tell everybody uh, your name and just a couple things about what you're doing here today? Uh, I'm Chris. I'm just getting baptized today. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's what we call in the military the bluff, the bottom line up front. It's <laughs> good, bro. Jump on in. All right. Let's give Chris a hand real quick here. No phone, no cell phone? Okay, cell phone, wallet are safe. It's risky getting baptized in cargo shorts. You got all kinds of stuff in there. Who's next? Brent. All right. Brent, you want to uh, introduce yourself and just share a little bit about your faith journey and why, what you're doing here today? Uh, I'm Brent. Um, I was born in California, and I'm in the Navy. So Jesus saved my life, pretty much, and I love Jesus. Amen. Who we got? Bo. Bo. All right. Here, Bo, I'll hand you the mic and you can do your thing. What do I say? <laughs> <laughs> this is the scariest part about baptism is the microphone. I think that's why they didn't use them back in the day. All right. Um, why don't you just share just briefly who you are with the church and, um, and uh, what brought you to San Diego and why you're getting baptized today. Okay. Uh, I am Bo. Um, I'm from West Virginia. What, what else do you want me to say? Brought you to San Diego? I'm stationed here in San Diego. I don't know why I'm getting baptized today. I know that it's something that I should do, and I just feel like I'm led to do it today. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Want to climb in? 
Stephen, while you're up here, you want to get rebaptized? Or? We're kind of on a roll here. You're good. Okay, it worked the first time. Are all we right. good, Ryan? Is that it? I don't know. Is that, Is that, all? that it? Anybody else want to be baptized? <laughs> we got more T-shirts. If anyone else wants to get baptized today. <laughs> All right, if anybody does want to be baptized another time, please let us know. We'll schedule another baptism. I, I, did I count six altogether? I think six baptized today. We praise God for that. Uh, that's a sign of, of some healthy Christians following the Lord, submitting to believers' baptism. If you need to do that still, please see me. We'll make arrangements to do so. Father, we pray you dismiss us now with thy love. God, go with these uh, who've taken their stand by being baptized. Lord, we know in some cultures uh, they're, they're persecuted when they're baptized. We know in some cultures they're killed when they're baptized as a believer in Christ. We don't have that here, but maybe there will be some persecution. Maybe there will be some taunting. Lord, I pray you'd give them strength of character, help them to be outstanding Christian witnesses at work, at play, and everything into the families too, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Lord's Day. Thank you for being in God's house. <laughs>